Hello and welcome to the Riff Raff podcast, hosted by Amy Baker and Rosie Edwards. We set up the Riff Raff to champion the work of debut authors and to provide guidance and support for those dreaming of one day being published themselves. This week on the Riff Raff podcast, we are speaking to the nominees for the Desmond Elliott Prize, a prestigious award for debut fiction that is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. We are honoured to be speaking with all three shortlisted authors, and today it is our great pleasure to be talking to Kit Duval, author of My Name is Leon. We're going to be discussing Kit's book, how she became an author, her tips for aspiring writers, and what inspired her to set up the Kit Duval Scholarship, a fully funded scholarship for one student to study a creative writing MA at Birkbeck University. All information about this podcast can be found on our website at the-riffraff.com. To begin with, for those who haven't read your books, could you tell us a little bit about um, what My Name is Leon is about? Sure. It's about uh, a young boy, Leon. It opens um, in 1980 when he's um, nine years old and he's in a maternity hospital meeting his baby brother for the first time. And he's fascinated because he's mixed race and his baby brother is white and he can't believe that this beautiful little thing looks like him and is his brother. Um, But ultimately, the boys get separated. Leon goes into, they both go into foster care and Jake is adopted and Leon isn't. And that happens very quickly in the book. And the rest of the book really is Leon's story. It's about how he... Um, how broken-hearted he is, what he decides to do with it, because actually he considers that that baby brother is his baby and he's not going to go down without a fight. So the rest of the book really is about Leon's story, Leon, how Leon comes to um, find peace and what he does to get his baby back. Okay, fantastic. Sounds great. Um, so we understand your background is in family law and criminal law and kind of um, working as a magistrate and kind of on adoption yes. panels and stuff. So obviously yeah. kind of you've got first-hand experience of this. How important yes. do you think that having this first-hand knowledge is to writing good fiction? And do you think as well that it helps you find the voice for Leon having maybe worked with people in similar situations? Sure, it definitely helps you find the voice in it. Also, um, I mean, it comes with a big responsibility because you are... You know, I am writing about um, painful subjects. Uh, it's, it's that sort of thing hasn't happened to me. I've got two adopted children, but I've never lost a child to adoption. I've never been separated from a sibling. I've never been separated from my parents. Yeah. So um, the responsibility is that you don't want to trespass or trample on people's real pain for the sake of entertainment. Of course, but you do yeah. be authentic. You do want it to be entertaining at the end of the day. People part with six ninety nine or nine ninety nine, not because they want to have a shit time, but because actually they want to be entertained on a sunbed or, you know, whatever. Not a sunbed, a lilo, you know, a, yeah. a sun lounger on holiday or whatever. So there is a responsibility to be true and to entertain. Um, and I think because I do know that world very very well. I think I was able to tell a good story, but tell it in, I hope, in an entertaining way and not make it so unrelentingly bleak that actually you want to slash your wrists at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think a lot of books about the, I mean, this subject itself would lend itself to complete misery. Um, and it was important to me that it wasn't full of misery and it wasn't full of 
oh how terrible it is but that there was some humor and light in it too mm, yeah absolutely um we talked to a lot of authors some who um write for pleasure and that's how they ended up getting published and some who go down more formal routes of training um yeah. you did an ma in creative writing yeah. how valuable do you think that that sort of formal training is and um, would you recommend that to aspiring novelists I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I think if it's something you want to do, I mean, for me, the the course was much more a line in the sand about this is what I want to do rather than content. So I don't think at all that it's important that you do an MA in creative writing if you want to be a writer. What I do think everyone has to do is have a respect for the craft. Mm -hmm. So however you learn the craft, and that could be through reading, through a writing group, through reading books, through... um, dissecting your favourite book or your favourite author's work and saying how have they done this and, and and what does it mean to be in the third person? What does point of view mean? What does the difference between writing in the first tense and the third tense? I think you absolutely have to know that. I just think there's many ways of knowing that. Um, an MA is one and it's a very expensive way. Yeah. Um, but it's not the only way. I mean, I, I founded a scholarship for... Um, a disadvantaged writer to do an MA. We saw uh, but, that, yeah, yeah. back back. So clearly, I believe that it's really valuable. I just don't think it's the only way. Um, it was very important for me to do it, and I met some great people, and I realised that's what I wanted to do. But um, I've read a lot about people saying, you know, you, you've got to do one or you've got to have an MA to have a novel published, and I just think that's bullshit. Okay. I don't, don't agree with it at all. Good to know. Me and Rosie were talking this morning about whether it's something both of us should do, and we yeah. were like, whoa, man, it's so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Having <laughs> neither of us done one. If you're thinking seriously about doing it, write your own MA. So look, find some good courses, um, work out what it is, and you can probably do this by looking online at any um, MA curriculum, creative writing curriculum and see what they say they are studying and then find out ways of doing it yourself you can probably do it cheaper um yeah, so you know if, if money's an issue or time's an issue i really think you can write your own ma okay that's such i suppose you can look at their syllabuses and you can just Absolutely. kind of like yeah skim across see? the top of everyone all the different courses yeah. and choose your own yeah that's a yeah. that's a great idea what D- a great tip D- <laughs> diy ma absolutely yeah. well, we, we were going to ask you about your um your creative writing scholarship um and um yeah so maybe could you tell us a little bit more about that because obviously i think our listeners are going to be people that are probably thinking looking to do that kind sure. of thing so it yeah. would be good to know kind of a bit more about that and also what advice you'd offer to anyone thinking of applying for it okay great well when i um got signed to penguin about two years ago now um i got more money than i expected um and i really wanted to do something for people from my background and it, you know it it was absolutely the the most obvious thing to do because i had got um a lot from my ma and i also know julia bell who runs the ma at birkbeck and it's an excellent one so i um funded all the course fees and some travel and some of the bits and pieces um for someone who would have absolutely zero chance of going to university to be able to go and fulfill their dream it was my dream after all to be a writer and i really know there's lots of people um, who 
love to. I mean, I was actually going to call the scholarship the Fat Chance Scholarship. <laughs> but, um, I, I, I like could it. say to people, you know, honestly, you should do an MA and they'd say Fat Chance. Yeah. And I wanted to call it the Fat Chance Scholarship. But anyway, they didn't want me to do that. Yeah. Funnily enough. Um, I like it. Yeah. No, I like it. I think it's better. I think it's better than having a name. Maybe you can put um, in brackets. But anyway, well. I'd say to anyone that wanted to apply to it, you must apply to it, but don't be disp- I mean, we had a, such an overwhelming response to it. And, yeah. you know, in the end, we managed to get two scholarships together rather than one. But still, there were a lot of people for whom, you know, people that had had no said to them all their lives. And here was somebody else saying no again. And, it, you know, felt, I felt quite bad about it. But I would say apply again, um, keep writing and be get your work as absolutely as brilliant as it possibly could be you know anything that you apply for a competition you should make sure that your work is so good that when you send it in you expect to win yeah Yeah. i always you don't send in something oh it's rubbish i'm going to send it in anyway let's see how it does don't send it in in that state you send it in when you say god this is shit hot i am great this is going to work i'm going to win and if you don't feel like that about it don't send it in and and I'd say that for a scholarship or any competition that you're going to enter there is really something about being confident about your work that when I you know read it and I read a lot of people's work you can see confidence and if you don't think you're good enough or if you don't have the confidence find a way to get that confidence by learning the craft and getting good critique and feedback I I think that would go for that's pretty good advice for anyone thinking of you know um giving in their first manuscript as well to a, you know, totally. to an agent or a publisher. Totally. You have to feel surprised when people turn you down. Not, well, I thought they would because I think the second chapter's not very good. Don't send it in with a not very good second chapter. Send it in with shit, hot second chapter and, and all the rest of it. Um, I, you know, there's, there's something about um, maybe it's the British way <clears throat> to be self-deprecating, but actually... Mm-hmm. When it because it's such a competitive environment, you absolutely have to believe in your work. You have to believe you have something to say. You have to believe that this is the story no one else can write, and put your heart into it and just polish it and polish it. And if you feel, and lots of us do, I've read this thing so many times I can't see it anymore. Mm. Yeah. Um, then you give it to someone, or pay someone if you have to. Mm. to do not give it to your friend your sister or your mum or your boyfriend because they're going to say oh it's really good yeah yeah i'm so proud of you yeah (laughs) yeah you want someone to read it that just says do you know what the middle's not very good i don't know you so i can say this you know and that character doesn't ring true or whatever before you send it off it has to be in that position that that state where you think i have done everything and it's good yeah. Did you, out of interest, did you, cause I know you won a few prizes and stuff for short stories and stuff prior to My Name is Leon, but did you have any other manuscripts that you tried to submit and were and were unsuccessful? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> two more, two more. One two. was a Norwegian gangster. Excellent. <laughs> what was his name? His name was Thomas Vedera. Excellent. Boundary breaking, um, I think. <laughs> um, he, I, I absolutely loved that book and I still love it and I still think it's great and no one else agrees. <laughs> But it was rejected, absolutely. And then I wrote another one, which was about a an Irish money lender. 
and I still think that's great mm -hmm. and I'm actually working on turning that into a screenplay um, and when I wrote My Name is Leon I had to look at what didn't work about these two books and what didn't work about these two books is that I am not Norwegian uh, I am Irish but I'm not a moneylender I'm not a gangster and no matter how well I know those wor worlds I am just that bit too far away yeah. I think mm. And writing My Name is Leon was totally and utterly within my comfort zone of mm. uh, knowledge, if you like. No research necessary. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so I, write I, what you know. Yeah. <laughs> I get them, well, I, I don't always mean that write what you know. Otherwise, we'd have no, well, I don't think we'd have any good books, but we certainly have no historical fiction or anything like right. that. We would have The Essex Serpent, for example, exactly, yeah. uh, which is a great book. Um, but I do think you have to be emotionally involved with your work. Yeah. And I, don't, I think I was writing intellectually with the other two. Yeah. yeah. Writing from my heart. And I think it showed. Did, did it feel different when you were actually writing My Name is Leon? Was there a different feeling? Was, did yes. it flow more? You sort of thought, oh, hang on a minute, something here. Um, well, it was quite quick to write, but that wasn't the different feeling. The different mm -hmm. feeling was the absolute four-ton weight of getting it wrong. Because oh, I've got yeah. two adopted children. I work with people who've been into prison, who've got mental health problems, with single mothers, with women that have had their children removed from them. And I felt the huge responsibility to be true to them and to be authentic and to not sell them short mm. and, to not, and to all the children that have been in care who are now adults, yeah. to not say, oh, it's great being in care. Care, you get this lovely foster care and she'll look after you so you know i didn't want to do that neither did i want to make it so on you know to relentlessly make it bleak and horrible so that there was no humor yeah. so i felt a lot of responsibility far far more responsibility than i'd ever feel towards a norwegian gangster for example <laughs> Um, did you did you ask some of your colleagues or maybe even your children to read kind of some of the your your work to sort of get their opinions on whether it was accurate and whether it was a fair representation no no yeah. i didn't i knew it was right i knew it was true yeah. i knew that i'd done it you know when I, when i'd written it i knew it was true yeah. absolutely knew it was true i didn't have to ask anyone that's great that's great and obviously everyone agrees which is wonderful <laughs> i hope so i hope yeah. so seems like it um, go on. Oh. so um so yeah your book my name is leon came out a year ago pretty much yes yes and um, so we're wondering like one year on can you tell us kind yes. of like a little bit about what this year has been like for you I mean it must have been absolutely incredible and also yes. can you kind of share with us what you've learned about your writing and about the industry I know that's quite a long-winded question that's okay no, <laughs> well I really believed when you wrote a book and someone accepted it for publication that they put a cover on it and put it into Waterstones to see how it would sell Literally, that's what I thought. I'm absolutely gobsmacked by the huge range of people that there are involved in your career, from artists and publicists and people that tell you about social media and people that arrange, you know, like booksellers, for example, that I've had to meet, and bloggers and vloggers. And <laughs> I just, it's amazing to me that this, this whole industry, um, sort of behind the scenes to the actual person that buys the book, um, and it's been humbling actually because I've had a lot of help I've had uh, a lot of people helping me with my career and helping to make Leon a success um, 
I'm still shocked when people come up to me and start crying on my shoulder <laughs> and say, oh, the bit where he lost this, you know, whatever. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, you really get it. You know, it's fantastic to connect with readers and have people that say, you know, I could not sleep or I cried on the tube. Yeah. I'm still amazed by that. And that has been the best thing. And the people that have come up to me and say, um, I had a brother that was taken from me in care and this book is true. Or a mother that says, I lost my children to adoption and that's how they see it. Um, and this book is fair to me, people like me. It's an absolute thrill still that people get it. Um, and the industry, I've learned how hard the industry works to make um, books successful and the things that they do. And I've got an enormous respect for my agent. I've seen everything she does and, and you know, just stuff you don't know. When, you ha when you're not published, you don't know all this stuff goes on behind the scenes. Mm, absolutely. And, and um, is sort of as a, as a follow-up to that, what, what one thing would you say you wish you'd known before you started writing it? Um, I wish I'd known how much time it takes to do the publicity. I didn't know it was so, not just time as well, emotionally it's quite hard because people want some of you. For example, I've been many times to a book signing and, you know, I can look down and think, okay, there's 30 people there queuing up to see me. And those 30 people want to tell me something. Yeah. They don't just want me to sign the book and say, you know, to Debbie, best wishes, Kit Duval. They want to say to me the bit where um, Sylvia, Sylvia gets stood up on her dates. It really made me laugh. You know, and I, it's not for me to just go, yeah, can you just, you know, you pay 69, move on. If 699, move on. You know, you want to connect with people. And if you connect with people and truly do it and give of yourself, you're exhausted at the end. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know how much energy um, you needed to to do that kind of thing i you know first three or four it was like absolute heaven it was just bleak because i'm like oh my god people are reading my book it's fantastic and sort of by the 30th one i was like oh my god can i do this you know i'm tired um nevertheless it is the best part of the job because i'm meeting people that could quite easily say to me i thought your book was rubbish that you know they're quite within their rights to say that and yeah. people generally don't you know people love it how do you feel about um i mean it must be incredible to have to be nominated for all these prizes and to have won so many awards i know you've already won a couple so how like rosie and i are both um debut authors we just both have books out but so to oh, hear to hear some cheers yeah. <laughs> i have to drop that in there but just just to um just to kind of like you know for us it's such an ambition to kind of be recognized in the same way that you are so it would be lovely yes. to kind of understand a bit more about what that must feel like um, it's weird, really weird, really strange. Um, and when people know the book better than me, and there are a lot of people that know the book better than I do, um, and it's it's humbling, basically. You know, I've had such a lot of success with it, and I know, I really do know that there are books out there that are as good as mine that haven't had the success. Maybe they haven't had you know, a, a, a big machine behind them. Maybe the book takes, a, you know, maybe it's a more difficult subject or it takes, it's harder to get into or it's just not of the moment. Um, so it's humbling to have success. And I know that it's not because I've written the best book in the world. 
it's a combination of factors that have and luck there's luck involved uh, and I'm you know I don't think I've been nominated because I've written the best book I think I've been nominated because I've written a really great book and it's been picked up and people love it um, and I'm very very aware of my many friends who are great writers who haven't had my success and I don't really, I don't take it for granted. Yeah. Mm. Well, good luck. I hope that yeah, I hope that you're victorious. <laughs> Thank you. So do I. I really do hope. But uh, I'm very aware that you know prizes have to be shared around. So I'll turn up and I will genuinely cheer for whoever wins. Oh, um, but just maybe just as a parting a parting question. Thank you so much for your time. But um, obviously we're like kind of trying to help debut writers, debut authors. Yes. So maybe like just I think maybe we touched on it earlier. But if you have kind of a piece of advice or a bit of kind of encouragement for people that are toiling away, what would that yes. maybe be? Um, I would go back to making sure your work is as good as possible and also i would say this that writing is lonely yeah yes (laughs) where you spend a lot of time in your head you spend a lot of time looking at the words you spend so much time reading other sometimes you read work and you think god my book's better than this do you know what i mean and they've got it published and i think find a community of people that understand how important a comma is um if you can't find a writing group that works for you make one make one might be three you might be three of you it might be online it might be um a a library it might be free you might have to cobble it together in your front room with some tea and biscuits but whatever whatever happens find a community of people that will tell you you're not mad because (laughs) very often you're working for years for nothing yeah not getting anywhere feeling like you're a failure and you're not a failure you're doing the thing that you love that you cannot not do and yeah. i think the only way to continue with that is to have people saying keep going yeah oh my god you're speaking to two girls that have just you're literally had that conversation <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about to the, today how hard it is and like moaning to each other about it so you, look, your words are like a, a ringing, salve ringing. <laughs> they are, they are nice. well you really should think about i've set up and I'm still a member of two writing groups. And, you know, people are always surprised when I say that because they think, oh, you know, why do you need a writing group? Well, actually, I need a writing group because I spend all day on my own because I, mm. I still don't know if I'm shit or not. I might have written a good book and won some competitions, but that, you know, that lot can run out. That, um, I don't know, can that talent run out? I don't know. Yeah, but uh, it's <laughs> well, that- really important to me to meet with other writers and, and the, the writers I meet with they do not give me an easy ride if I send in a piece of shit they'll say to me that's not very good yeah and that's what you need from people that aren't saying it to break you down but people that are saying it to give you the best chance of being published hmm. so if the two of you know one more person or two more people you really should start a writing group that yeah. meets every month you swap work maybe 2,000 words each and you give some proper feedback on it. Well, we, we've set up the riffraff hoping to do exactly that. At the moment, we're promoting right. debut authors and, you know, encouraging aspiring aspiring writers as well. Um, yes. and, you know, we do have a busy get-together once a month mm-hmm. and we have our lovely authors reading. Um, and that's, you know, that's what we were hoping to achieve, that right. feeling of community and, but you know... maybe we should set up a... A writing group, writing exactly, group. Yeah, yeah. for the future. <laughs> I, just, Work, I think workshopping your work, and I hate that word, I mean, it's not, it's hardly a verb, but, you know, critiquing one another's work yeah. <coughs> um, is really important yeah. because, you know, some, when you send it to an agent, they're going to critique it really harshly. 
you yeah. don't want that to be the first time someone's critiquing it you really don't Absolutely. You want it to be, um, you know, the time when someone looks at it and goes, wow, you know, there might be something to do on it, but it's nearly there. Yeah. Yeah, good, pl- good plan. Very thank good you for words of wisdom. Time. I just wanted to ask as well, how long did it take you to write? I'm just, oh, I'm always intrigued at this question. Sure, right. Well, this sounds really ridiculous because it took me nine months to write it. Oh, my goodness. But, but <laughs> it took me a lot longer than that to plan it. And I am a planner. You know, there's a lot of people, some of the best writers who just sit down and start writing and they don't know where it's going. And I'm the absolute opposite of that. I am spreadsheets. <laughs> I am um, car index cards. I'm I'm redrafting, replotting. And I didn't start Leon until I knew 90% of the book. Yeah. Um, and I, I planned. So if you do a lot of back work, a lot of behind the scenes work, the actual production of the work is much quicker than finding yourself going down a cul-de-sac with a character or a plot point and then you think okay that's no good that hasn't worked if you do that before you start working uh, and actually writing the book it'll save you a lot of well for me it saves me a lot of time so i'm quite a quick writer because i do a lot of planning and research first okay cool And, and so are you working on something you said you were working on a screenplay, but are you, is there another book or what's, what's yeah, the sort I've of next? Just finished, just finished the second okay. book. Can you, can you give us a little hint on what it's about or is it top secret? Uh, it's entirely different to Leon. It's somebody right at the other end of their life. It's somebody um, reflecting on a very important thing that happened to them, very devastating thing that happened to them when they were 19 and she's now two days before her 60th birthday. Okay. Mm. Well, well, we can't that. wait to read it. Sounds yeah. fascinating. It does thank sound you. fascinating. Well, um, thank you so much for your time. Like, it's it's a real pleasure to speak to you and to hear your your knowledge. Yeah, just to hear hear you say everything you have said. Yeah, <laughs> I think our listeners are going to take so much from it. Good. Yeah. I'm really glad. And um, you know, I'd be happy to do anything else if you need me to. Oh, we really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you and so much. All the best. Thank really, you. Really so- hope you're successful with your books, both oh. of you. Thank you so much, Kate. We <laughs> really appreciate you. it. Podcast is hosted by co-founders Amy Baker and Rosie Edwards. Come say hey at the-riffraff.com. Peace.